We are Lone Star 187. Two sisters that love listening to true crime podcasts and decided to give this shit a try. Since we are Texas through and through, we will be researching murders across our Lone Star state. 187 is slang for the penal code for homicide. Since police codes are unique by city and county, we decided to simply use something that most people would get. We know this code isn't specific to Texas, but hey, we like it and it's our podcast, so we do what we want. most definitely contains elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Unit heading out to that disturbance exit seat in the vehicle. Go ahead and reduce but continue. Reduce but continue at one point. Case file 62, Sarah Walker. And we're back again. <laughs> like you so miss us. We say it last time, but as of beginning of July, we have reached twenty five thousand total downloads. That is awesome. I never thought twenty five thousand times people would be listening to us. I didn't either. <laughs> I figured after a year or so, it would like fizzle out, and we would have to just stop getting new listeners. But without uploading for four months in a row we had seven to a thousand downloads without even putting out new content and i know that was one of your biggest fears when we would take breaks you're like because if we're not uploading episodes people are going to stop listening Mm -hmm. but clearly it's either starting to take off word of mouth people are talking i know more of my friends are more interested now people are asking about it and anytime I go somewhere to a party, wherever, I try to make sure I bring up that I have a podcast. I know I put stickers places. I know we said, because right now our Betty Four episode is our most popular episode. So I think the show Candy gave us some foot traffic. Yeah. Um, Joyce White used to be our number one and now Betty Gore is. We have right at almost a thousand downloads just on that one alone. So, so wait, business. who are we? Oh, I'm so sorry. Who are you in my room here? I'm Carrie. And I'm Brittany. And we are Lone Star 187. So, are you even asking? So, where are we this week? We are not far from us. We're in McKinney, Texas. Oh, shit. Okay. So, for those that are not familiar with Texas, McKinney is a small suburb of Dallas. It's 32 miles north of Dallas. And I tried to go back in the census um, to find out how what the population was at the time of this murder. Um, it was The murder is July 8th of 2006. And I wasn't able to find a census around that specific year. It will only go back so many years. But as of 2018, it was 179,804. We know it wasn't that big back then. No. No. No, because we lived... I would say less than half of that, probably. Yeah, because whenever we lived in the apartment together, I worked um, at the Bath Junkie. That's true. On the town square in McKinney. Mm -hmm. And it was popular, but not almost 200,000 people popular. You know, it was still considered a small town. And that was in 2007. Yeah. So so a married couple decide that they want to buy a house. So they decide to go looking at some open houses in a new subdivision in McKinney called Craig Ranch. Okay. We know. So, we're familiar with that. Um, Craig Ranch is was a development that started out in 2002. I'm sorry, 2000. I apologize. Um, with 3,700 new homes to be built starting at this time in 2006, which is 2000. Starting at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, 
Damn. All the way up to five million. So this is a richy, richy area. Yep. Richy riches. The married couple had seen the open house. They're like, oh, you know, we're going to go and um, see this house. So they had called to make a reservation uh, to have this because at this time, with it being such a new area, they had to call and make an appointment. So the couple's waiting outside. They are parked and they see this car like a little bit of ways up. And there's a man sitting in the car. The couple pulls up. They're like, hmm, doesn't really look right. So they're waiting. They don't see anybody go into the open house that they called about. So they're like, well, you know what? We're just going to. We're, we're, we're going to go like nobody's arriving. So they leave. So another couple that had an appointment come, they walk up to the house. And as they enter, they're calling out for the realtor. They don't hear anything. And so as they come into the main area of the house, they see a blood trail that's leading to the kitchen. They're oh, like, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. We would be like, oh, shit. So Is this happening? They find a woman. She looks to have been brutally stabbed, which uh, she was stabbed 27 times. And by the looks of it, there was a bit of a struggle. There was furniture knocked over, plants knocked over, and this is a model home. You know, yeah, so the, they're house. fully well, furnished. It's not a model home. It's an open house. So it is set to be shown. So it's, it's in pristine condition, you know. So it should not look like this. There was definitely a brutal brawl going on. Um, you could tell that there were um, scratch marks along the wall. There's um, drag marks. So she fought. But it looked like an overkill. Like, she's okay. a, she was a small-framed woman, but it just looked like they just went way too far with whatever. Like, there was a lot of anger there and a lot of passion. Something. Sarah Walker was a 40-year-old woman who was recently divorced, a mother of two. So once the police arrive on scene and they realize this is Sarah Walker, her stuff was there, she is the realtor in this home. The, the couple that came to the house, they were the ones that noticed mm-hmm. that this was the same person. So they call her sister. Can you imagine getting that call? Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. no. So she had worked for um, DR Horton Homes for a long time. And if you Google her, you'll see a lot of videos with her. She's beautiful. Um, very fit, like she had blonde hair. I mean, very presentable person, very cute Texan accent. You know, she's very much like the life of the party, mm-hmm. um, very outgoing. So you could just tell in the videos when she talks about her job and what she did, she enjoyed what she did. Um, and so a lot of people enjoyed being around her. So you could just tell in the videos that she really had a passion for what she was doing. Uh, police find a bank surveillance of her making the deposit and they see what she's wearing. Oh, okay. Okay. And way she looks when she's found, two pieces are missing. Okay, so they're it. able to tell that, and they confirm that with the sister that those were jewelry that she wore all the time. You know, like if I went missing, like she has this ring that we all wear. Mm-hmm. She's she never she never she always has it on. So they feel that obviously for her to have let somebody in, they had to have posed as a client. They had to have because they because of burglary and things that happen. The realtors are taught that you keep the door locked, you only go by appointments, and if you're going to do an open house, you must have another realtor with you. If you don't have another realtor with you, you only do appointments. And at this time, she was only doing appointments. She's a single mom now. She's yep. divorced, so she's you know doing her own thing. Prior to the incident, she was on the phone with her sister, and her sister said that she told her, oh, my client has arrived. I have to go, so I'll talk to you later. So it was what who she thought was coming through that door was a client. Mm-hmm. Who had booked an appointment, and it was an appointment before this couple that found her, obviously. And the police see that she was killed in the living room after a very long struggle. 
Um, but the killer also had to have been injured as well because there was he must have had a cut on his hand because on the way out there was blood on the door handle that couldn't have been Sarah's as she's in the lim- in the kitchen and this is all the way in the front of the house. So the and it was on outside of the door. Or room. it could have been he had her blood on him. Yeah, I guess they were just able to tell that most likely it was his blood. Most of it happened in the living room. He dragged her into the kitchen, and they also found blood drops near the body, around the sink, and on the sink. So they feel all that blood was his. Mm. So at some point... So it's a guy. Well, (laughs) I would think it's a guy. His or her. (laughs) His or her. Blood had to have been his, because there's no way it would have been hers, because of where she was found, and that the where where the blood was around the sink, and in the sink, it had to have been his. He must have had a cut. So they found drops of blood near the body, um, and the DNA profile showed it was male, so it couldn't have been hers. Okay. And then autopsy did show that there was no sexual assault. Thank God for small miracles. But she had a bite mark on her neck. Hmm. Which was weird. That is weird. Especially Ugh. since nothing else was sexual. gives me the creeps. So, of course, they search for suspects, right? They're trying to figure out. So, of course, their first person is Randy Tate, which was her ex-husband. Her newly divorced ex-husband. But why didn't they just go and look at the appointments log to see who scheduled that previous appointment? From the couple that found. You always have to get ahead of me. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. That's where I would start. Well, <clears throat> they decided <laughs> to start with Randy because... Anyways. Oh. <clears throat> Randy was the last person to see her. She dropped off their son at his house on her way to work. And she was not happy about the divorce. Um, he was playing golf during the murder. So he had an alibi. And he didn't match the DNA found in the sink or around the body. So she was on this dating site. Called MillionaireMatch.com. Oh, shit. I mean, I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I mean, if you can swing that kind of guy. So they start going through and they start reading the profiles that she was matching with or she was talking to. She never met any of them. And they kind of felt like she wanted to move on, but she really wasn't ready to move on. Which is probably why she was hoping for somebody that was rich because maybe they could go on vacations and she could like live another life. But none of the people on there matched any kind of description. Some of them didn't even live here. And like I said, she never met any of them. There yeah. was never any correspondence of meeting. Um, she never really said exactly where she was going to be working. So it just didn't make sense that any of those people could have been. They didn't anything. have enough information on her to even know where to go to find her. Yeah. Right. Remember the um, first couple that had arrived and they saw a man in a car? Nelson, a spouse of another realtor, said that um, he received a call from Chan Lee, and he said he wanted to see some of the homes. Chan Lee called, and he wanted to make an appointment to, to see one of the homes. He told his wife, and she's like, okay, you know, I'll get there. So she gets there, but he drive, her husband drives her there because they're sharing a car. So when they get there, they see an Asian male see, sitting in the car. Well, when he sees them in the car, he drives off. And she's like... Okay. Oh, okay. Like, was that him? That's suspicious. Sure. So they're waiting. So they see they see Sarah go into the house. Their appointment's a no-show, which most likely was that bad man. They leave. So they know Sarah was at that house whenever they left. They saw her go in by herself. Mm-hmm. But this man drove off, which later they thought, mm, it was that man, the appointment that called, and because I arrived with my husband, he said to leave, or what yeah. happened, you know, it's very weird. Because Nelson hadn't really got a good look at him, they decide to do hypnosis. Okay. To okay. make the memory more vivid. And he described a man that was Asian, 5'7", with an athletic body. I'm like, that's a very descriptive thing, to, to see somebody in a car. But, okay. True. And then he looked through some photos, 
they made a composite sketch and they put it out. And then another real estate uh, said that she rented a home to him and he tried to come in and use her phone. And when she refused, he got so angry he was banging on her door. Shit. So they're like, okay, this is definitely a person of interest. Sounds like some anger issues there. They believe that this Asian man drove a white Mustang. And there was a... Is that the kind of car he pulled up in when the couple got there? Yeah. Okay. This this composite guy. But there was another man who was 25 years old who had a white Mustang that lived in the area and had a history of violence. He robbed and kidnapped two elderly women. Shit. Um, And he was paroled because his sister lived nearby and she wanted to help him, so she let him live with her. Okay. So they go find him and they interrogated him and ask him. He's like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. His left hand had cuts over his hands and they took a mold of his teeth and his DNA. So the impressions were compared to the bite mark and it matched. Evidence on his cell phone said that he had a fantasy of biting. Oh, that is so weird to me. So weird. And then whenever they did a DNA test, it also matched. So he lied. So they believed he obviously preyed on female realtors because he knows that they go in there alone. They go by appointment only. So he would know that if it's appointment only, they're definitely by themselves. Um, he First woman he had attacked were elderly women. And he called and made it seem like he was going to come and like be one of like a CNA. Like, oh, I'm going to come bathe you. I'm going to take you oh, to the okay. store. Got them there and robbed them and uh, took them somewhere else, made them give them money, and then left. So the first realtor that her that he called and her husband with her, that was going to be his first victim. But because her husband was with, was with her and he was in the car and he saw them, he drove off. So wait, is this the same guy that's the Oriental guy? I'm confused now. Yes, this is the Oriental guy. Okay, so I thought I, I was confused because you said there was another guy that lived in the neighborhood whose sister... So this is the same guy. This is the same guy. Okay, I thought this was a different guy. Because he was paroled and living with his sister, he wasn't listed as living in the area. Because he wasn't, he didn't have his own house, he didn't have anything like that. So whenever they were looking for someone with a white Mustang that was Asian, there was no one that fit that description in the area. So when the sister called and said, hey, this is what I know is going on. My brother lives with me. This is what he's done. He has a white Mustang. They're like, oh, okay. this is this is the this is, okay. this makes this, sense to us because okay. he lives in the area, so it's easily accessible to him. In some cases, he might not even have to drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. So okay, so that so, girl would have been the first victim had yes. her husband not driven her there. Yes, he left, and then he saw the model home across the street. So he went inside, hoping that you know either no one would be there and he could just take stuff and pawn it. Or if somebody was there, he could just rob and leave. But she fought him. Clearly. And he was not prepared with how physically fit she was. Because he didn't see her go in. He didn't even know she was in there until he got in there. He thought yeah. it was vacant. Yes. Okay. He was hoping, well, if somebody is in there, I'll rob her. If not, I'll just take whatever I can. That If they're upstairs or whatever, I'll just take whatever I can and I'll go pawn it. So when he, um, while trying to subdue her, he had the urge to bite her. And then he used her knife. Her knife for self-defense, stabbed her, and then cut himself while stabbing her. Dragged her into the kitchen, then robbed her. He went to leave and realized that Nelson Nelson and his wife were still waiting across the street for the appointment he had called on. So it kind of bit him in the butt. Yeah, clearly he did. Because he couldn't run as fast as he wanted to because he had to wait for them to leave. 
course, you know, he was arrested um, in October 2006. He was convicted of capital murder, and they uh, sentenced him to death. So now this one, you're going to get mad. Are you ready to get mad? Oh, my God. I always find the ones that make you mad. Okay, and I can't, I can't throw a fit because I don't want to break any of our equipment. So in, death was set for July 19th of 2017 after being on death row for nine years. He requested a stay of execution because he found a odontologist that discredited the forensic science because of the bite marks. And this was the third time it has been halted because of the bite marks. But his blood matched, so it doesn't matter if you didn't bite her. You fucking killed her, dude. Well, he's trying Your to say, blood is if there. you can prove somebody else bit her there, then how, why am I the murderer? Well, where's their blood? We didn't find their blood. We found two bloods, hers and yours. Two bloods. So then they said it for November 10th of 2021. And due to the pandemic, it's been rescheduled a third time to October 17th. It was set for November 10th of 2021 and rescheduled for August 17th of okay. 2022. Okay. I don't know. I, mean, I, thought, I thought you did. I heard October. It doesn't matter. Maybe. So that's coming up. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Then. What made me so frustrated with that line is that when I went back and read his appeals, that is the only thing he is saying that he didn't do. He's like, he's but, like, yeah, I I may have bit her. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. And they're like, when you're an initial um, confession, you said you had the urge to bite her and you bit her. You also had stuff on your phone about how you like to bite that set through these victims. And they're like, mm, that's not necessarily true. Well, and we're not, he's not being tried for biting her. He fucking killed her. That's why you're being tried. So, so if he gets off on a technicality that he didn't bite her, but and that is that is one thing I, I that really got me about this case is because what I've noticed a lot is that forensic investigators will put every piece of evidence in there against them as they should because it's evidence, but they'll find one piece that may not be a hundred percent provable or completely like one hundred percent like DNA is somewhat circumstantial. Right? They find one piece, and that is the one piece that the murderer, the, the the person will zone in on, hoping that's what unleashes him, because it just takes one piece of evidence to prove it's not him. And if that's not him, then how do they know well, the DNA it depends. is not him? Well, because DNA is, is not something that you can make a mistake on. And no, I agree. So if that's his blood, that's his blood. He can't explain why he was there, how was his blood there, Besides that you went there and killed her. So whether or not that's whether or not you the bite didn't kill her, the fucking stabs did. So you you have blood on your hands, you used her knife, you stabbed her. It doesn't matter about the bite mark, in my opinion. No, me either. And I it, hope it doesn't. Like I, I hope what, it doesn't cause the entire case to come unravel. What makes me so mad is just like in the previous case. You have to look at their pattern, right? Like she lost two husbands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has he's Literally on fucking parole for robbing and kidnapping two elderly women. Okay, so he, so you're saying he did that, but because he didn't bite them, he didn't do it? Yeah, no. I, I hope that that doesn't... And I just, I because I was watching one episode of Forensic Files not too long ago about the same situation where they found a guy, they had bite marks, they had an odontologist come, they said it was him, it ended up not being him, but... Because it because there's so many cases where the teeth can be similar, it's not like DNA, you know? So I feel like maybe those things shouldn't 
they, they can say, well, we have a bite mark, but we're not going to say 100% if it's yours, but we know your DNA is there. And that's exactly. what we're convicting you for. Exactly. We're going to put we're gonna put the bite mark as circumstantial because we can't prove it 100%. Mm-hmm. But the blood is, that's, yeah. that is what we're convicting. And the fact that we have an eyewitness that saw you sitting outside the house and you leaving. You literally live in the area with your sister and your sister felt you were so capable of it that she felt to she call. She called your ass out. And he had cuts on his hand. On his left hand, yep. And so is that from, are those defensive wounds for her trying to stab him? Before he got like, what if she got the knife? She she pulled the knife on him and then he grabbed it and then used it back on her. Why it was an overkill? He was probably so pissed that he had that he had to take over and that she came at him with the knife. Good for her though. At least she fought. Yeah, but like I think they, I I couldn't find this in here, but I do remember vivid. They said like all of her nails were like broken. You know, like I'm sure she was like fighting for like she had two boys and. A family and she was starting a new kind of life and this one every time it comes on forensic files I watch it because it's just so it's unlike a lot of stories we do very rarely are there ran, literal random attacks that's true usually it's, it's always mm-hmm. someone that knows them and they have a motive this guy and there thank god there was no sexual thing going on but it's it's just so disheartening when it's completely random because the family has to live without this person completely unnecessarily. You know, I mean, I'm not saying the other ones there it, it isn't necessary, but they had someone in their life that chose to take them from them knowing who they were. Right. He knew nothing about her, mm-hmm. and he just took her life for what? A couple hundred dollars, maybe? And, and I was going to ask you, how much did he get? I don't know. And he took the two rings that she had. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a piece of shit. So is his name really Chanley? Good on the sister, though, for calling him out. Yeah. How how scary must that be for her, though, to know that your brother did that? That's got to suck. So his real name is Kasul. Shanna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kasul. Chantha Kamani, C-H-A-N-T-H-A-K-O-U-M-M-A-N-E. I can get why he went by Chanley. Oh, and the snap, so the Forensic Files episode said she was stabbed 27 times, but the Fort Worth Telegram said she was stabbed 33 times. I don't know what, how. That is a lot. Like, you think about that. And it took him, like, two months to, took two months for him to surface. Um, but you, he probably had money. From pawning her stuff, and her and sister was like, "Where is he getting this money? Like things are adding up. You know, this doesn't make sense." And then they, so he may get stays of execution, but I very seriously doubt that he. Yeah, I remember that story now. I, I very seriously doubt that he's gonna. I realize that the bite mark probably was part of the evidence. I mean, it's one of the things. Like he had a thing on his phone, said he liked it. That he felt compelled to do it. That wasn't really what they convicted him on. The DNA was 100% and he had cut marks. So Well, and when, whenever they talked to him, he, um, he confessed. And he said, I called this one as Chan Lee. I, she would have been my first victim, but her husband was with her. And I was mad, so I had to drive away, right? 
and I saw the model from across the street. I took a chance. She was there, and she put up a fight, and I had to stab her with her own knife. And, you know, like, all of that, just like in the old other story, mm-hmm. it matches. Mm-hmm. It would be, because as irritating as it sounds, even when I've watched different crime shows, and they say, people will just admit to crimes. And they're like, okay, but your story doesn't match up. Exactly. You know, so let's say he did confess. He was like, yeah, I did it. How do you know she was stabbed? How do you, they don't give a lot of those details out because they don't want, they they want to be sure whoever comes forward is the right person. So how is it that your story matches it, but you're, you're innocent? Yeah. I think you're full of shit. Yeah. Full shit, Chandler. So her poor sons, you know, can you imagine like your parents divorcing and then losing your mom completely? Well, and then even like her ex-husband, I wonder if he's got any guilt for, you know, making it hard on her and being on the golf course. Have you driven by the house? No, we'll have to go by there. Yeah, I know it's not far. Maybe from we the can house go live. Um, so it's in Craig Ranch. If there's a way to write a letter, I will write letters because there's no <clears> way if he, if t- the state of Texas continues to even let us pay taxes on that piece of shit, he already made a crime and he was already on parole and he broke it. So even if, that in itself should be enough to keep him behind bars. Behind bars for life. If Agreed. not, if not, the the death penalty at minimum jail for life because Mm -hmm. he clearly at that young of an age can't control his anger and it's just going to continue yeah he's already shown he can't be trusted out in the general population he can't be trusted out here so he needs to stay his ass in jail regardless of the reason why okay no maybe it's not his teeth maybe he didn't really bite her maybe he didn't i'm sure he did because nobody else was in there but her and i'm sure she didn't have the bite mark before she went to work so let's be real yeah. And she had a very short bob hair, mm-hmm. it would have been noticeable. It would have been very obvious. Her yeah, her hair was short. So so you can try and, like, I, I get it. I'm sure he's just trying to get out of jail. Yeah. yeah. He wants to go back to doing dumb shit that he was doing. But you can tell he's a dumb criminal because he calls and then he arrives. If he had played it off completely and gone up and been like, you know, I'm not feeling well or... I had another appointment, so I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to cancel the appointment and left. They may have never thought anything suspicious about. But I mean, the fact that he still, drove off after they, I made like eye contact with like, him. They were like nose to nose in front of the house, you know. And you say my name is Chan Lee. They're gonna assume that mm-hmm. the guy's most likely from Asian descent, of some sort, with that with because of the name. So, and then you're in a, a white Mustang, right? So it's a noticeable car. And then you drive away. Like, and there's a possibility house. that, like, he doesn't know this, but they could have gotten his license plate number. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, but they could have. They like, could what have, a yeah. dumbass. And then you commit a crime, like, minutes after. So I every time it comes on Forensic Files, I'm like, I have to do this. It's not a very long story because there really isn't a lot to no, say. I, you know? I mean, it wasn't hard. Um, I mean, thankfully, the sister, do you think it would have taken longer to find him if the sister hadn't come forward? Because he wasn't registered to live there. You know, and it would have taken, because he was paroled in another state. He was oh, okay. paroled out of another state. So without them knowing, I mean, I know she has to give proof that he's there, but it would have taken a lot longer. And he yeah. would have done something else. Probably. That's probably impulse. what would have gotten Because I'm caught. sure she probably told him you have to get a job. Mm-hmm. And you, if you're going to stay here, he has to go see his parole officer. He has to do all of that. So if he all of a sudden starts having money, right, if he pawns her, her jewelry that she had and whatever money she may have had, and anything else he may have taken, 
It may have given them a couple hundred dollars, maybe. And then all of a sudden, if he comes home with money, she's going to be like, where did that come from? Yeah. There's a murdered woman literally around the corner from us. But it just, yeah. it's obvious, you know, and your brother. And then how sad for her, this shitty situation to put your sister in, you know, to have mm-hmm. to turn you in. But thank God she was a good person. Yep. It wasn't one of those that was gonna covering like, for him. him. Piece of shit. Big piece of channeling shit. So that's the story of Sarah Walker. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Sarah Walker. And good job for putting up a fight because yeah. her his DNA was all under her fingernails of what was left. You know, yeah. she knew exactly what to do to make sure that they knew who it was. And that's had they not, if he hadn't come forward and they didn't have DNA to test against, that DNA unfortunately would be mm-hmm. worthless to them without a match. So he's in the system. So when they ran the DNA, he came up. No, that's what I'm saying. Without oh. him coming forward, without them. <clears throat> Because it was someone. a different state. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So why isn't that shit all linked up together? Well, I think it is all linked up, but I think whenever they initially ran it, there was no there was no matches. So I don't know if the other crimes were so fresh that it wasn't maybe it wasn't been... in there, or maybe there was no, maybe he didn't leave any DNA at that. Probably scene, not. You know, and I I thought when they got arrested and they were on parole, they had to give their DNA, but maybe in other states they don't have to. What other state do you know where he came from? I don't. It's all right. Well, he's but in and, jail now. He's in a federal pound me in the ass prison, right? But I feel like um, Texas prison. Yes, I feel. Probably. But I feel like when his urge to do this violent behavior, how sad is it that he chose two poor elderly women? Yeah. Like, why do you have to go after the the weak? You know, just because you think you get because away with he's it? a coward. He's not gonna, and that's like you said. That's why he got so pissed off at her. That's probably why he chose. Elderly people because they don't fight and he just gets what he wants and rolls and I'm out. So glad that she showed him that choosing women wasn't the best choice. No, dumbass. You know, and how shitty of you to assume if I just get a woman alone, I can get what I want. You do realize you're in Texas. Yeah. Most <laughs> Texas of the women are probably a little bit different. Packing. And if we're not, she, uh, she was. She had her knife. We sure still did. know what to do with our foot. We'll kick you square in the nuts, and it's the great equalizer. In the nuts, ladies. Right in the nuts. <laughs> right foot, left foot. Is that what Miss Congeniality says? Yeah. Is that what she says? Yeah. That's what she foot. says sing. Isn't it sing? I think so. She's like... Something, yeah. something, something growing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's a good one. It pisses me off. It pisses me off, I hope too. he doesn't. Because in this COVID, like, I've seen way too many cases go too long, you know, and... I understand that it's a pandemic, everything gets shut down. I understand and I respect all of that. I get it. I just think that that shouldn't mean that their crimes go unpunished. I agree. I understand it's an injust for them. If they're innocent. If they're innocent, to be in prison and have to wait for their trial for more time than what is respectfully allowed. And it's not their fault. However, it's also not our fault as a nation that we were hit by a global pandemic. Like, that's not our fault either. I guess the part that I don't understand why we can use it is that your rights were infringed upon as far as how long you have to stay in prison without a trial. But all of us had our rights taken. We didn't have the freedom to go Mm -hmm. out and just do what we wanted to do either. Some people lost their job. You know, some people lost family members. Some some people didn't have a place to stay. We couldn't even go for walks down downtown in downtown because they said, you know, too many people, you can't walk down the street whenever we were in the quarantine, you know, like they're like, shit, I went outside all the time. I didn't give a shit. I mean, they, they had the police in the downtown and if there were oh. too many crowds of people, they would tell them you need to fan Disperse. out, you know, if yeah. you're going to walk. Well, when you're walking and there's a crowd in front of you, 
and you have to go to a stoplight, you have to stand over to the side and wait, you know, and mm-hmm. that's just, what about my freedom? You know, that was also infringed upon. But what do you do? I mean, it's either that you or you just continue spreading this virus. But those people shouldn't, they shouldn't say, oh, well, maybe that means you're innocent or maybe we'll give you, we'll get you, let you out of jail and, and call it a mistrial. I don't think that should be allowed. Not because of the pandemic. If it's due to evidence, I get that. But pandemic, I don't think that's No, right. I agree. If it's evidence related, I think it, it should be quick. They should get to it quickly, mm-hmm. get it resolved, because if they're innocent, they need to be released. If it's any other reason, I, I don't I mean, you still did the crime before the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Like the Vanessa Guillen case that we did. Yeah. The girl, she's requested um, a mistrial a couple times. The girl, what is it, Heidi Broussard? That girl that took her daughter and admitted to it, and yeah. or that that took the do- she also hers has been pushed back, and I just think that like, I get it. We don't have any other are choice. They, well, I I think people are just not going back to work after the pandemic. There's a whole lot of that people created, made their own businesses mm-hmm. or finding money in other ways, like the like showing their feet online. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is that. What are those things called? Those OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we. In our in my industry, we're having the hardest time finding people. And then people that do want to work, they come in like like entitled. Yeah. They're like, why should I come and, you know, do this medical care for these people and make this much money when I can go to Target and make $22, $23 an hour? I'm like, this then go to Target then. Yeah. So I can tell you, yeah. if you don't want this job, don't come in and apply. Exactly. I, the world, the when it comes to work ethics, the, I don't know what's happened to this world. We digress. So, we do digress. So, so good story. Yep. Very yep, sad. Yep. yep. But I, I'm proud of. I'm glad she was able to fight back mm-hmm. and maybe blow his mind from a stereotypical way. Maybe he, you know, underestimated he underestimated her and it got his ass in trouble. Mm-hmm. Got him busted. So until next time. Until next time. All right. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Bye, y'all.